Welcome, Kings, to the NFL Week 2 Sunday Night Tilt, where we offer our fresh emotional takes on what just happened in NFL Week 2, recap some of our betting performance, some of our live betting results, and give our preliminary views on the early betting lines for NFL Week 3. So let's hit the opening bell. All right, Judah, we're out of Survivor. Cooper Rush. Bengals take us down. It's tough. And they really weren't competitive. The spread never flirted no. with covering. No. Even the drive that they put together ended up tying the game. It took eight minutes, showing no urgency. We knew that the offensive line was new, ostensibly an upgrade, but could take time to come around. And that's really hampering the Bengals. We were able to avoid it in week one, and in fact, capitalized on a lot of Bengals betting them live last week. And I was able to capitalize on betting them a little bit, just hedging my emotions live this week. Got some plus three and plus six just to hedge against losing the survivor. There was such a nice golden opportunity because so many people have been wiped off the map yeah. so fast and that we had the skill set to be able to be really competitive yeah. and Bengals steal it from us. It stole it from me and Zach last year. It was Mike White. This year, it's Cooper Rush. Despite the Bengals playing horribly, when they tied the game, I was like, all right, they're going to come back and win. But also what's frustrating is that strategically, I was thinking, like, did I make the right process? Did I not? Did we approach this the right way? But I regret not taking, like, I think the Bills are going to absolutely steamroll the titans and it's almost it's a little bit of game theory a little bit of contest selection because of the holidays and lots of christmas and thanksgiving but when so much of the field goes down so early i wonder if it's just worth it to just take the team you think is going to win most and worry about week 14 when week 14 comes up yeah and yes arjun it's way too early because i already see this happening on twitter today everyone's out in force dunking on the Bengals, it's too early. The reason we didn't actually bet the Bengals was the Zach Taylor case and just like a lack of offensive creativity. And even like you were saying, like a lack of urgency, that shows. And I think if Bengals had more drives, they're still gonna, they're going to beat the Cowboys. Maybe they would have. I'm honestly not sure because of the defense was showing cracks as well. When the Cowboys needed to move the ball, and in fact, on that last drive, just shredded them. Moved right down the field. Yeah, Bengals, they're going to still live and die by the explosive plays. And I'm not ready to give up on that just yet. Look, we know yeah. Joe Burrow is responsible for most of the sacks, and I think he made a good point about the chemistry, not to mention that Joe Burrow missed most of camp. And, like, he needs to develop chemistry with the offensive line, not to mention just, like, the offensive line amongst themselves. I think it's too early. There's no reason to buy them right now. But even still, I'm certainly not ready to give up. One of the things that we talked about, though, in the offseason previews is not to pivot too quickly from your off-season baseline fundamental priors, but in the face of contradictory evidence, you still need to be open-minded. The thing that is hurting the Bengals right now are not the things, I'm not surprised by those things. In fact, those were the types of things that we talked about that could hurt them. And even though the offensive line's been upgraded, I mean, the offensive line is not playing well. 
Yeah. It's in his face right away. Yeah. And, and then the times that it's not, then yeah, Burrow is creating a bad predicament for himself. But in any case, it's over, it's done, it's in the past, we're out of Survivor, unfortunately. But you made some really great calls this week. I had by no means as strong a week as I did last week, but I'm gonna come out unscathed due to that amazing Cardinals comeback. Tyler Murray comeback, I think that's yeah. a fair way of putting it. But one of the things that we talked about in the week two preview was, oh, I like Moneyline here, but we can't do that in Circa, so we avoided it. The thing is, that same thinking can still apply. In fact, maybe that is why you would want to take the five and a half. Maybe we think the five and a half the points aren't even going to come into it. Yeah. But it's still going to be a high leverage play. The thought that kind of got me off it, which ended up being true, is that this game's going to end up with the team who has the ball last, yeah. which does not lend itself to betting it. But I, there are multiple things happening when we're looking at a line which is not only the actual points in a game, but also like a representation of the fundamental value. And to me, it was most off. I thought that game should have been more like a pick-em yeah. in terms of like fundamental value. And that is when there's such a differentiation in the spread price versus what you think the fundamental value is, that itself should be a signal to buy. And we even talked about how, if you listen to the Jets-Browns, I said like, this six and a half makes no sense. Granted, that should never have even, the Browns should have won that game by 13 or whatever. It should have been six, and they should have covered the six. Yeah, they should have covered the, like, justifiably cover the six. Justifiably cover the spread. That's another actually disappointing fact that we didn't bet the Jets in Circa as well, because anytime you're even mildly comfortable betting the Jets, you should do it. Yeah. Because there's going to be very few opportunities. Yeah. I feel like there was just a lot of really good opportunities to leaned into a lot of those really off-market matchups. And yeah. we would be sitting real pretty. That's true. We loved Jags, but Jags was the number one pick, so it's not like it was like that clever. Yeah, even for my own kind of thinking and development, if I know my best skill is like hitting on tail outcomes. Circa is a totally different ball game, and it's like really a different frame of mindset. Just looking at spreads and knowing that like you have to pick five specifically, you like have to enter its own mode. It had, like Circa has to have its own mode of thinking that is like separate from betting spreads and separate from betting alternate lines. Like it requires its own unique thought process. Which I'm glad I'm recognizing in week two. Yeah, we went four and one last week. We're sitting two and two. Are in position to go three and two. That's not a bad position yeah. to be in. The thing is, again, a lot of our pregame handicaps were not as down the middle as last week, but still within range. Yeah, like we could have went four and one, five and zero, oh, and as yeah. and with off-market picks yeah and in fact we didn't have the moxie to do and instead we kind of doubled down on bengals one of the things that i was looking at so in our market positioning segment in our newsletter i was looking into the cash positioning looking at some of the different sports books they come out with their handle and an approximate amount of like total handle that the book has taken on and across books bengals cowboys was one of the most highly bet games of the week along with Saints Bucks, but Saints Bucks was like split. Yeah. It was a very high profile game. People had a lot of views on it, but it was split. Whereas Bengals Cowboys was also attracting a lot of money and it was all on Bengals. There was just you like so them. much signal to just say, it's not that, oh, we got to fade this. Oh, there's like reverse line movement or anything like that. It's just what the narrative is for this game. It's well documented and 
the line is priced it all in and then some. And I think we just want to continue to be cognizant of that and say, especially if we're going into a really public play that we know is a public play, is all right, here's the narrative. We know that's the narrative. Is the market not appreciating that public narrative as much as they even should? No, I think that's true. That should be itself a, a warning sign. NFL week three. So Thursday, we got Steelers Browns, Steelers plus three and a half. Totals at 40 and a half. Jacoby Brissett looked much better. Browns put points on the board this week. It turned out to be one of the highest scoring games of the week. And Pitt didn't seem to be any better than we thought they were. I don't know how you can back the Steelers, but the Browns just lost to the Jets. Not the, not the loss isn't the, what's so killer. It's that I let the Jets hang around. Joe Flacco was totally average against what I thought would be a really good Browns defense. I don't see why you'd bet this game. You've got totally mixed mixed signals coming from each team. It's a fast If anything, I'll probably live bet this one. And if it turns out to be a super ugly game, maybe just ignore it and work on something else more meaningful. Because it certainly isn't going to be Chargers Chiefs with Trubisky first percent. So going into Sunday, we've got Chiefs Colts currently at six. I know we were talking about this earlier. What Arjun had mentioned that was at like three, three and a half yeah. early on. And now it's moved up off a really ugly performance by the Colts. Again, the market, Jags was number one pick in Circa. So it's not to pat ourselves too much on the back there. But I don't think anyone really saw Colts looking this bad, even though yeah. they're missing a lot of pieces. So this one's going to be in Indy. KC with 10 days rest. It almost seems too good to be true. I could see this line keep moving up. This is going to be I, one of those where if it doesn't, that maybe you want to be a little bit suspicious of it. Yeah, that's I'm a little suspicious of the line now. The other thing is too, is you got no Pittman, then obviously Leonard being out. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, That's one of the things it. that we talked about why you wanted to lean away from. Absolutely. But first off, there's no guarantee that those guys are coming back. The Chiefs are in a fundamentally class in the Colts. Take a step back. You find a way, to, despite injuries, to beat the Jaguars and the Texans if you're in the same ballpark as the Chiefs. This spread should be nine and a half, in my opinion. Yeah. Especially when you add in the history with Gus Bradley and Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes like, has career games every time he plays Gus Bradley's defense. Texans, Bears in Chicago, yep. currently three. Texans played the Broncos tough, but I think it's more like, just seems like Broncos are just very underwhelming. Yeah. And the Houston Texans hang around. They hang around, but there's really no firepower there. This game is so ugly. If this comes down to one, I think I could bet the bear. Neither of these teams can score. It's gonna be a punt fest. Total's at 38. Because Justin Fields showed anything that makes you want to back him. No. Has Davis Mills showed anything that makes you want to back him. Yeah, either of these defenses showing you anything. I think the Bears are going to be one of those teams, though, that gets incrementally better week by week. Yeah, they have pieces, and I like Matty Rufus. And unlike the Texans, the Bears are going to be one of those teams that we talked about in the past that are going to put themselves in positions for explosive plays. Sure. I hate that. I just am not excited to bet this. Certainly not mm -hmm. early. Certainly not at three as well. I want the market to really sell off on the Bears. This isn't selling off on the Bears at this point. No. Okay, Lions at Minnesota. Still need to see Minnesota play tomorrow. Currently seven and a half. Detroit looked awesome. So we were trying to follow that game all week, trying to buy the dip. 
you bought the dip so deep that you actually got some of those to cover. I, I got lucky from the in-game perspective. They were never and it almost worked out, which would have been crazy. Towards the end of the week, this was definitely my highest conviction play. And I'll take the L there. But I so when you say that, I just think this is how, especially, like, I feel like you're great at really finding some of these really juicy opportunities that have awesome plus odds, high volatility plays that you'll need yeah. to hit a few of them. And it's going to inflate your bankroll. The thing on these one-off games, I think we just, both of us need to continue to really scrutinize why is it that we actually like that game in that standalone position at that standalone line, right. not the old stuff, and think about, is it the same narrative as why everyone else is buying into it? And I'm guilty of it on this Commanders and Lions one as well. It's almost, it was almost similar to Bengals Cowboys. Is what about the Commanders and the Lions did our take was it any different than any other dumb schmuck who was betting the commanders what really brought me onto the lions was the i wouldn't have bet this game i don't think before the offensive line injuries and i saw the entire interior of the detroit offensive line going down and like jared goff awful under pressure good with a good offensive line and i'm like okay the only thing that's been keeping and propping jared goff up this whole time is that he's had really good protection you know, that's going to go today. I bet the alt at the 12 and a half. And I knew the Wentz variance. Like, that was built in. But I just thought it's not going to matter because the Lions are going to get nothing going. No, and the Wentz variance didn't really... That wasn't why they didn't cover. No, of course not. They didn't cover because... Still scored 27 points. No, they didn't cover because Detroit was moving ball at will. Yeah. And that take, meaning the golf is, golf is going to suck because the offensive line is going to suck, just didn't come to fruition at all. Totally wrong. You want to take cues from market movement. And it's not to say it in itself is a source of signal that should push you one way or another on a standalone basis. But like with the Bengals and the Cowboys, it was like this line, there's one narrative on this game and everyone's pounding it. And the line's not moving really accordingly. What I thought was, I thought it was a Lions thing more than it was Commanders. And again, like I was, all, I was off this game early in the week. And then by the time Friday rolled around and I saw the injuries, I was like, okay, this is a like, unique angle. People aren't thinking about this. I think what's becoming increasingly clear, at least to me, is that like in 2022, wide receiver play is huge. Yeah. You need guys who can get open quick. And like Dolphins are winning because, you know, Jalen Waddle and Tyree Keller are getting open. And Amon Ross St. Brown can be a legit number one receiver. I don't think his name doesn't strike fear into opponents. Not yet. Exactly. All right, Bengals at Jets. The market was heavy on the Bengals. This is classic butthurt Bengals. No one's going to want to bet the Bengals here. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be su surprised if this potentially continues to maybe drip to four, three and a half. We liked the Jets coming into this week. Defense was probably better than the market expected. I talked about how they had those weapons. One of the top wide receiving groups, maybe in the NFL. Certainly one of the youngest and has a very high ceiling. Garrett Wilson was... Unbelievable. Yeah. Unfair. And again, that's why I said even last week when he had two catches, he like flashed yeah, in New York like, and you like the Bengals. Of course I like the Bengals here. Has anything changed that much? Even when we were just recapping the Bengals to start the to start the stream. Like they haven't gotten that explosive variance. Yes, the Zach Taylor question exists. But they're way better than the Jets are. I was cautiously optimistic on the Jets 
after last week's performance versus yeah. the Ravens because I thought that Flacco didn't look nearly as bad. I just I see them back to the back. The Jets aren't good. They're not good. This see, is not, I feel this like is, I, I want to caution yeah. you because I thought they played. I saw upside after the Ravens game, and again, even if they lost this game, I we were still coming away with it saying the Jets played better than we thought. Even and yeah. even though we had a little bit higher expectation, it's hard because any case is going to build on a lot of projection. Because the Bengals, frankly, have looked awful against two terrible teams, two terrible defenses. Yeah, the Cowboys can get pressure. I don't think they're going to be awful. I think the Steelers' defense will be a train wreck. But we don't think the Jets is a train wreck either. No, I hear the point. Would anyone be shocked if it's thirty-one ten next week? No, I'll have a Bengals all line. <laughs> it's going to happen. Raiders minus one on the road at Tennessee. These are two teams that we don't like, two teams that we have long-term puts on. We've bet all unders on both these teams. Raiders 0-2, Titans 0-1, on the verge of being 0-2, hopefully. I'm surprised, actually. I think I lean Raiders here. I think they'll be able to score, and I don't see Tennessee being able to produce any offense. Tennessee's awful. They're dreadful. At least the Raiders can hang around with the Cardinals and hang out. They should probably win that game. They can hang around with the Chiefs, the, the Chargers. Like, I think the Titans are a disaster. I mean, we'll see what the, how they look against the Bills. But it seems like the Raiders are probably in, like, the 18 to 22 range and have a good offense. And, like, we'll lose games against teams that have a better offense or a defense that can slow them down. I don't see the Titans as being either of those teams. And I think, almost retrospectively, you can look at the Giants game last week and see the teams that the Giants are beating and hanging around with. Like, Giants, like, barely got a win against the Panthers and both sucked. Yeah. That's actually but, another one that we didn't touch on that you were smart enough to stay away from that game. And I do this from time to time. Is There's just two crap teams. I'm like, I think this crap team is, like, way crappier than this yeah. other crap team. And this crap team's going to show up. Which is why I, it's like I, very hard to bet on any crap team, especially when you're not getting like a hook or like some extra benefit of the doubt. Yeah. How many times do you hear me asking what's the positive case or what even like totally just ignored Steelers friends? I hate betting on these games. It's like bad teams find a way to just do shitty things and shoot themselves in the foot. All right. Bills on the road at the Dolphins, the red hot Dolphins coming back from three touchdowns to beat the Ravens. One of your most successful trades of the season so far? In terms the, of- The uh, same game parlay? Yeah. It was plus 2000 something? It was plus like 2100. Yeah. You're not gonna beat that very often. Did you bet any, did you lean into Dolphins live? Cause I know there was a lot yeah, going on. I bet as as slow as these early games were, Yeah. it really weighed on me. What's, also, that's yeah. Like you get a little bit antsy. Yeah. Oh, like first quarter, you shouldn't even make any trades, really. Yeah. But it's just like nothing was happening, and then it all started happening in kind of the fourth quarter. Oh, but then I was like already jaded. Always happens that way. Oh, Rogers just fumbled. Yeah. It always happens that way. Where the fourth quarter things get crazy, teams get extra conservative. The other side gets very aggressive. Where the Book is just pricing in basically are is the team down 21 going to score a touchdown it's 19 and a half yeah. to answer your question I, I did bet the dolphins i got them at i think plus 12 and a half or something and i if you watch the stream i bet four times i'm like what's the dolphins money line and i was very close to taking them plus 1800 and i was like you know what 
If it hits at plus 1800, my same game parlay is probably hitting. I was completely asleep at the wheel because I had the alt Ravens minus seven and a half plus 225 or whatever, and kind of not cashing that ticket, but just, all right, I feel comfortable. It's when I can push it to the side and focus on yeah. some of these other things. That happened with Atlanta last week. I like mentally cashed the ticket of Atlanta plus 230 money line. I can move on when I really should have been grabbing the other side. That's um, it. To look back at this game, though, like I think I said this on the live stream that like I don't think the Dolphins, the Dolphins are going to be extremely matched with them. And like the Bills are, well, let's see if they stay healthy through tomorrow night's game, but this is not the matchup for the Dolphins to succeed. Yeah, that's really important because that's basically saying like this type of performance doesn't they haven't come up with some new epiphany or it's not like it all just came together and this is the type yeah. you're going to see week in and week out now it's going to be very dependent on who they're playing and i don't think the market's pressing that in, in the slightest i don't think they're pressing that in, in the ravens game which is why i capitalized with the same game parlay and like, that was my exact reasoning mm -hmm. behind giving that bet i like the bills at four and a half here a screaming buy i wonder if you get a good performance from the bills Six and a half. Tomorrow, if this might move up, yeah. Although that Miami performance was just so visceral, yeah. That I feel like even if you get a good Bills performance, there's gonna be Dolphins backers out there that because even in our preseason preview, like we talked about that the there's like multiple ways that this whole kind of Dolphins season could go, and we allowed for this type of performance yeah. to happen from time yeah. to time. We even said I'll probably be successful early on and like it's we'll see how defenses adapt to the rpo based scheme i definitely like bills here at four and a half and if you get any sort of extra point value over the course of the week due to yeah. dolphins euphoria yeah another road favorite we got three road favorites in a row here eagles at washington i honestly want to hold off on the eagles till tomorrow night yeah still a lot there's a lot see of what kind of follow through they have but this is actually interesting, this kind of like cross matrix here of the Eagles play the Lions, Washington play the Lions, and now the Eagles play Washington. I don't love Washington here, but again, I'm a little bit emotional on tilt here. The fact that Washington's a three-point underdog here and it's not three and a half before Monday Night Football gives me a little more conviction. When I was re-listening, even if the Vikings end up losing, is when I was re-listening to our preview pod like you liked the Vikings so much and had just so much insight to share on that game and how you know, the types of things that you talk about, how, oh, Jordan Jefferson is like getting schemed onto linebackers. Like that doesn't happen by accident. See, that's the type of things that like people aren't necessarily talking about. When I'm yeah. talking about like why we're betting certain games and we're reciting the same narrative that you can go on NBC Sports or whatever. That's a red flag, a yellow flag yeah. at minimum. That's why I wish we would actually put in Vikings, just because it would have been at least a more nuanced yeah. play. Yeah, um, it's, like, it's the same thing as the Dolphins. Like no one, no one's counting for the fact that the Dolphins are going to be extremely matched with them this year. Yeah. Saints at Panthers. Saints minus three. I really don't want to jump. I want to say I like the Saints, but it seems super square. I guess we want to see some of the injuries. Is Kamara going to play? Winston was already banged up. And that was one of the reasons why I was getting cold feet on that Saints play come Sunday morning. And you think that the Mayfield's going to get 
better week by week. I've got enough. Ravens at the Patriots. I already bet Ravens minus three this here. This is a joke. I expect this to continue to trickle up. Ravens offense was as good as it's ever looked. They didn't lose that game because the offense and what are the Patriots going to do in any way that replicates the Dolphins just did? Patriots have no offense at all. It's got to be something more like Ravens Jets. Like yeah, the way the I, Ravens Jets game played out. Yeah. Was Ravens don't really do anything and maybe they get two explosive plays that kind of change the outcome. Here's the difference. They're going to get a lot healthier from week three and week one. Like, like to think Ronnie Stanley's going to be back. J.K. Dobbins is probably coming back. We'll see how the injuries shake out, but at least preliminary, the Ravens seem like they're going to be a bit healthier. There was nothing that we saw, Patriots at least here on Sunday night, from the Patriots Steelers that would say, oh, the Patriots are better than we thought. No, they eked out a win there. Patriots are terrible. The Steelers are got awful also, especially with that future <laughs> block. Yeah, this line. I mean, was like, luckily we're sweating it out even at the end. Like, oh, and it was lucky that the Patriots just drained the, the last six Yeah, they minutes. drained the clock. Yeah. yeah. After it was taking forever. Tags plus seven at the Chargers. This is interesting because this is two emerging betting contingencies who both really like these teams now, butting heads. Chargers coming off 10 days. What's the latest that you've read about? I was going to say, it depends on Herbert. Okay, so here's, I read they're going to see on practice Wednesday. I also saw Camara or someone else had the same injury as Herbert. And they didn't play, which I think it's, it's different when it's a quarterback and like they're using extra caution, but it does go to show that this is not a gimme injury to play through. Even when Herbert was playing extremely hurt at the end of that game, like he was still throwing dimes. He made one of the best throws I've ever seen in my life. Yes. So I'm not worried about his, whatever the doctors decide. If he is in there, I'm going to expect Herbert to be at full strength. And I'm going to assume he's in there. And also, okay. the Jags, again, have shown life. But this is a different class. Completely different class. And they're going to be now on the road as well. But this is not a sinking Colts team with no weapons whatsoever. Yeah. This team's jacked. Coming off Thursday night. Yeah. If this moves under seven, I'd like the Chargers. Yeah. And I think this is a game that I feel like could reset expectations yeah. for the Jaguars' love. Yeah. They're not quite there yet. No, they're not quite there yet. It's really riding the Jags' cases out. I think they, I think they should be favorites in this division. Yeah, at, at this point in time, absolutely. There's already a lot of love on the Jaguars to win the division prior to the season starting, but I think they've already shown enough maturity yeah. to already show that there is enough science here. Now I've actually seen it and I'm willing to take a little bit of a discount yeah. for that. Yeah. Bear case on the Colts playing out, the bear case on the Titans so far is playing out and the bull case on the Jags is playing out and you're still getting it at plus 350. Yeah, and the Jags plus 350. Jags have a huge win over the Colts right And this is on DraftKings? Yeah. That's super attractive. And they still, I think, should be a 7.0 dog against the Chargers which goes to show the class and what's driving, I think, the Jaguars' love and being able to separate those two things. Yeah. Ooh, Packers, Bucks, this game's interesting. Yeah, Green Bay definitely looks much better than last week, and they should since they're playing probably a bottom three team in the league. If the Bucks are still super banged up, I don't know if Evan's going to miss any games because it's like maybe get suspended. I don't know. I don't think it was like that big. Yeah. But if no Jones, and again, no Godwin still... Yeah, definitely no Godwin. I like Packers here at this point in time. Absolutely. I also think Packers are a better team. 
Kemba has shown nothing. In fact, they've shown that Brady can't necessarily overcome his circumstance just because he's Tom Brady. Like he's been but the Bucks defense does look good. Yeah, that's we'll see how that fares against Rodgers. They looked they looked better today. It was like terrible versus Minnesota. Yeah. That would be my worry. The market is so focused on how underwhelming the Bucks offense looks and not thinking about the defense because the defense isn't sexy. And now you see the back Packers come back, maybe beat the Bears by two touchdowns on primetime cover. I just I don't take any signal from the Bucks defense shutting down Winston and an incredibly hurt Cowboys team. I don't think the Cowboys offense is good. The Saints still move the ball. Fine. I also just like it's a categorically different game. Like, I don't think the defense matters. Like, the defensive matchup doesn't matter so much when you have Aaron Rodgers on the other side. Especially for a team that, like, as every week goes on, the chemistry is going to continue to improve. And, like, Rodgers, we know, is, a, like, very reliant on chemistry, right? Like, the timing patterns are huge for him. Back shoulder throws are... Like, back shoulder throw to Jordy Nelson was a staple. The Bucks' good defense can be great. I also think the Packers' defense can be great. And that might be going overlooked. It's certainly not enough to give me a plus 140 on the money line. Like, I think this game's closer to a pick. Or at least yeah. plays out more like a coin flip. I could see this being under. I think this is high at 45 right now. Yeah. Rams at Arizona. Rams minus four and a half. Another road favorite. Over under 51 and a half. Arizona didn't look good for three and a half quarters. If I want to bet Arizona this week, I want to bet 50 to one to win the Super Bowl. But the second half of that game showed me was that Kyler Murray could be the best quarterback in the NFC. He single-handedly could take over games. And especially when Hopkins and Rondell Moore are back, like that could be an absolute dynamic offense. You know the tail in Arizona is so fat. And if they're getting there, they're going to need to win this game. Rams let the Falcons right back into that right game. And the Falcons were moving the ball even when it was like 31 to 10 yeah. or whatever. Like the Falcons were moving the ball. Yeah. The defense is like, does not look like it's that good. I mean, the Cardinals have been terrible. And the defense looks awful. Yeah. And the offense was like entirely Kyler Murray. And that's... I want to buy the cards off. That's game. what I'm saying. It's like, that's not a spot to buy the cards. Which is why if I want to buy the cards, I'm buying the Super Bowl because I'm buying the long-term view. Yeah, Falcons plus two at Seattle. I really like Falcons plus yeah, two me here. The, the one thing that makes me nervous about it, again, this is like baddish team versus bad team the win right. off the broncos looks worse yeah i've liked what i've seen from the falcons in two games in a row now even yep. though they've lost two yep would you be surprising at all if seattle finishes as the worst defense in the league no no it's terrible and like the falcons can move the ball especially if they get kyle pitts more involved and i think this is a matchup where he'll finally shine playing in seattle gives me like the slightest bit of pause but i think atlanta is much much better than seattle and seattle's offense can't do anything the Seattle lowest point yeah. scored so far. That is was one of my favorite futures yeah. bets that you touted. That that was one that like really came together and crystallized when we were really talking about Seattle during the preseason preview. Yeah. And uh, that looks right on pace. I think the market still thinks these teams are in similar tiers and I Seahawks are terrific. I wish the Seahawks looked a little bit better than they did today, just so this could be like a field goal. I don't think it's not gonna get there. No. Not gonna get there. Niners at Denver, Niners plus two and a half now with Jimmy G. I could see Jimmy G having some rust, obviously not expecting to come in this game, maybe not expecting to come in for the whole season. I think almost the whole offseason, I didn't even think it was probably going to be on the team. Yeah, I'm shocked by this line. Shocked. 
Denver's not looked good in back-to-back games now. Yeah. Yeah, Judy's hurt. That's huge too, yeah. But like, Jimmy G's definitely a, in week three of 2022, a better quarterback than Trey Lance is. Yes, yes. How is this? I don't understand this. Line. What's the key? What's not even a tough road trip or anything like that either? What case can you make for Broncos here? Russell Wilson's going to look like Russell Wilson, which we haven't seen yet. It's usually for almost a year now. Yeah, against two awful defenses. So I, I really like the Niners. Like this, this is going to go down to pick them. I wouldn't be surprised if Niners are minus one by kickoff. Yeah, even more than that. I'm surprised by this. All right, Monday Night Football Cowboys at the Giants. Cowboys. Plus three, Giants two and zero, but it's one of those games that I want to reluctantly rewatch just to see if there's anything in there. But watching it from a distance as we were monitoring it over the course of the day just looked hideous. Yeah. And they just happened to be the less shitty team versus the Panthers today. Now that they're another minus three, here's the play: Micah Parsons over half a sack. Uh, over half a sack, <laughs> whatever, whatever plus odds you can get. Look, like we've got a bunch of really great games on this slate, a bunch of really shitty ones, and this. Yeah, nothing can be as bad as this week, as far as like those early games, at least. Yeah, at least they ended up compelling. Like, they ended cool. up compelling. Yeah, but it's like it almost put me to sleep. Yeah. To where then I didn't pay attention enough to actually see these things develop. Stay on top of it, actually, and capitalize on it. Yeah. The way. Here's, probably should have. here's the other thing it's just a note twice today like had okay leans early on like before the game on the cardinals and the dolphins and both of them i was really debating taking their money lines at the dolphins 1800 and cardinals 2200 and both times i was like no i've got enough exposure like why do i need to like buy more here and that's why you need to budget enough that's what happened in the washington one as i bit off a little bit too much too early and then my budget was filled on how much washington exposure do i want yeah and then when the real juicy lines came up i had my fill and didn't take them exactly especially if you see those types of scenarios potentially playing out you want to budget for it according that's the tail you need to hit if you still think that scenario who cares like you Make sure you can budget that. I wasn't like running into a liquidity issue. I just didn't bet it. I was like, ah, I've got enough on this. It's almost like emotional, but it's, I'll be happy if it, it happens anyway. And obviously that's totally irrelevant. My goal is to make as much money as possible. I don't care about my happiness here. In week one, I kept leaning into some of those plays like Colts and Saints, even though it felt bad. And it's like, oh, I guess I'm just gonna keep losing money on these games. Yeah. <laughs> and you saw the sorrow in the early third quarter but then those things all came to fruition because you had again and two because i didn't feel overexposed as well because you don't want to overexpose yourself you you don't want to lose 10 percent of your bankroll because some game spirals out of control one of the things we didn't do today we can pat ourselves on the back and even dan was encouraging us not to do this which is be too early to try to buy into Colts. In fact, I don't think I didn't buy any Colts. I don't think you. I didn't even seriously entertain anything Colts. Yeah, I but was that was one of the things we kept seeing. Like, oh, it's plus four and a half. Oh, it's plus seven. Plus thirteen and a half. And again, yeah. even I remember even Dan was in the chance like nah, still too early, and there was yeah. no buy signs. Yeah. And so it's not to say that again. You just oh, there's line value out there. Oh, you're getting a touchdown plus, or you're getting ten points. So now buy it. That you need to have a thesis and a rationale. 
But you had one in Arizona and you had one in Miami. That's the just at the budget. That's the game. Yeah. All right, good stuff. That's the conclusion of the week two Sunday night tilt. Have some real tilt in this episode, unlike last week when we were just tilted because we didn't go five and zero. Oh, woe is us. Sitting at two and two, we're out of Survivor. We have Bills minus ten tomorrow. If Bills look ugly and Titans win straight up, then like tilt is going to go into overdrive. But if we can close out the week three and two, and then we're sitting at seven and three through two weeks, that's strong. That's seventy percent. You're on target. Even despite an ugly circa week, especially if you include your Thursday night, I think both of us yes. ended up with terrific week. Yeah, play that week once at such a high bar such too, a high because bar. we were four and one in Circa. We cruised in Survivor, made like nine, ten units on the live betting stream. All the comebacks came to fruition. I was up like twenty plus units net overall on the week, and then tailed into that Thursday night game. And today, for me, again, I'm gonna come away essentially maybe up one maybe two units but again it's just that bengals man just really it's in my stomach yeah but we're still in circa and it's still very early and i think we're going to be competitive all season long hey we don't have to be distracted by survivor anymore we don't have to be distracted by survivor. <laughs> all righty thanks everyone for listening thanks arjun for joining thanks dan for joining and we'll see you guys later this week when we dive deeper into previewing week three